what is it like uh, to be to be finished to to be like hey well done it's humbling <laughs> it uh yeah so the navy is what defined me for 30 years you are listening to the homeland heroes salute sharing stories to heal and honor our heroes this podcast is brought to you by the homeland heroes foundation and produced by dairy cam This podcast sometimes deals with mature content that may not be suitable for a younger audience and could be triggering for some individuals. Discretion is advised. The views expressed by our guests and others are solely their own. No views expressed in this podcast represent any of the uniformed services, the Homeland Heroes Foundation, Dairy Cam, or any other organization. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Homeland Heroes Salute. My name is Alyssa, and I am joined again by... Art Briggs guest hosting today. We are joined as well with Bill to hear the first and second part of Bill's story. Go back and listen now to our previous episodes. Awesome. Well, welcome back, Art. Welcome back, Bill. The story has been incredible so far and really excited to get into what you're doing today to continue your service and helping and advocating for others in service. So can you tell us a little bit about what you are doing today? Okay. So um, I got up, I retired in 2016. So today for me is actually relatively short. (laughs) Um, So I remember 2016, like it was yesterday. Um, And uh, it's funny, I joined the Navy because I didn't know I wanted to be when I grew up. And sadly, when I retired, I still didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, uh, if I had if I had gone to San Diego, I know there would have been a ton of opportunities just based on the fact I was a cryptologist. And most of my friends who would have retired, they all were in the cryptologic community, uh, contractors and doing all these contract related jobs. I know I could have locked up a job easily in, 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 in San Diego, but I felt like I deprived my family, uh, my mom, my dad, my brothers, my sister um, for years by being in the military. And in talking over with my wife, we just decided that, you know, New Hampshire was going to be the place that we retired to uh, so that I could spend some time with my family. Um, so getting out of the Navy in 2016, not really having an idea what I was going to do. Uh, I got enticed by a, a friend of mine to sell cars for about, for about a minute. I, I realized it's, it's not my thing uh, to all those car salesmen out there. You know, I got a lot of love for you and what you do. Uh, but it just wasn't me. Uh, and then I took a, a a gig as a seasonal driver for UPS. And I did that for the um, 2016 Christmas season. And that wasn't a bad, uh, bad gig. I, I was, you know, the, the rewards, if you can get into the UPS and do it for a while, is pretty good. $32 an hour after four, four years of, of being a driver. So, um, and I thought at that time that that's what I wanted was something that required no mind, <laughs> you know, and again, not knocking UPS drivers, but I mean, you, you get in the truck and you open up a door and it's brown boxes and you take a brown box out of the truck and you put it on a doorstep, you go five feet down the road, 20 feet down the road, you take another brown box and you put it on the doorstep. Um, absolutely a required and needed job, but it, it was something I thought I wanted, but I realized pretty quickly it's not. It was that that I still wanted to lead. I still wanted to to um, to think and use my mind. Um, you know, in in my my career, I had seen an advertisement to be a, or a, a employment 
um, ad for a to be the director for the Division of Veteran Service it was the Office of Veteran Services at that time, and I went and I interviewed, and I, I as I understood it, I came highly regarded, and they were very interested in me, uh, but they decided to go another way at that point. And when I got the call that I wasn't going to get the job, I asked at that point, um, you know, do you need service officers? Because uh, I, I want to give back. It, 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 it's, uh, I love to educate. I love to, uh, it's what I did when I was in the Navy, especially that last, you know, 12 plus years was just educating sailors. And, and uh, I have, I have a, I believe I have a good grasp on understanding it. it just comes from the, the cryptologic world. Uh, you peel the onions back, you constantly do an analysis. And I think that's an asset that I've had for, for a number of years. And, and I thought it would blend itself well uh, to a position as a service officer. And I got picked up um, and they, they, they brought me on in January of 2017 as a service officer. And I went to the training and started taking on clients. And the person they had hired at that point to be the director uh, didn't work out. Uh, they hired me up to be a temporary supervisor. And then August of 2017, they're offering me the director's position. So I am currently the director for the state's division of veteran services, uh, which is actually located in Manchester, New Hampshire. Congratulations on that. What's it like to continue to serve your brothers and sisters that have uh, worn the cloth of the nation. I'm honored. I'm honored to do it every day. It, uh, it's, it's, it's something I didn't realize. And by the way, again, I, I give a lot of respect to my wife uh, for, for pushing me beyond what I think my limits are. I initially, when I saw the, the position uh, advertised, I didn't think it was something I could do. I didn't think it was something that, uh, I mean, they talk a lot about legislative briefings and hearings and things of that nature. I just didn't feel like I had that in me. And she saw past and 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 really pushed and, and shoved me in that direction. Um, and again, so without that, I wouldn't be where I am. But absolutely, to give back and to be able to to help people in, uh, in this complex world that is the VA, uh, it's it's I, I don't know. I, I like I said, I feel blessed. I get to go in every day and, and I get to do this because uh, I know when I got out of the Navy. Uh, again, I am foreign communications and intelligence analyst. Intelligence is in the title. Uh, so I always considered myself to be fairly smart, but I sat down to do my first claim and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, they were asking me questions about my retirement. Do I want a retirement check or do I want to get a VA check? And I'm like, well, don't I get both checks? So there was a lot of confusing things and I was worried about giving something away. And I, I needed a, I needed the service officer and I actually started out with the agency as a client and my service officer helped me uh, get through all that and understand all that. And I, I, I you know, to this day, I, I thank her because she she works for me. <laughs> uh, but I thank her uh, for that because it was really I, I I didn't know if I could do that. It was just it was there was a lot to it, and to be able to do that for for others is really really cool. So there's a lot of information out there about how difficult it is to be a veteran and. Uh, some of the challenges that they face. Can you speak to a little bit of the difficulty that you had? Uh, not necessarily details, but uh, you're a bright human being. Uh, you've held prestigious positions in the United States Navy and now as uh, a veteran service officer. So uh, it's rewarding, I'm sure, for some of the veterans listening to the podcast to go like, yes, it is very challenging to understand like 
what all of this means. So um, just can you elaborate just a little bit more on what the transition was like for you? Uh, it was scary. Um, again, getting out, didn't have a job. Um, and I had worked with an organization to help me write a resume. I put that resume out and didn't get a single call back uh, on the resume. And my wife helped me, sat me down. She'd been, uh, she'd done a bunch of different jobs and she's written a bunch of different resumes. So always had great success with her resumes. And um, she helped me write my resume and it actually started getting responses. And I went out on a lot of interviews and it was just, it was hard. You know, I, I felt a lot of times that I was, I was being overlooked um, for a couple of reasons. One, you know, I, I did 30 years, nearly 30 years in the Navy. So of course I wasn't a young buck coming out. I wasn't, you know, uh, you know, the standard 20 year career gets you out of the military at 38. If you go in at the age of 18, you know, you still got a lot of, of, of stuff to give. And here I am nearly 50 years old. And I just, I, I just get a sense. I got a sense for a lot of people looking at me as, as, you know, kind of over the hill, or they were concerned I was going to take their job. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I didn't have a whole lot of luck uh, in, in, in some of the interviews that I was doing for a lot of the different positions that I was looking for um, when I first got out. So yeah, it was huge. It was a huge, huge challenge. It was, um, you know, here, here I am been, been taking care of my family, you know, with the, with the help of the United States Navy for, for 30 years. And now for the first time, I, I was worried about whether or not, you know, I was going to get a paycheck other than my retirement check. So it, it was kind of scary and was kind of unnerving. Um, but again, without the rock that I have in my wife and her ability to to see the, the potential in me that even I, I couldn't see, I, I, I don't know where I'd be right now as far as what I would be doing as a, uh, for a job. So uh, again, my hero. I really appreciate you uh, really honoring your bride or your spouse in the situation because uh, it, it really is a team effort for those that are going through it as a, as a family or for those um, that have a spouse. When you're talking about for you as the, the veteran service member, uh, you've provided for your family. You've, you've made it to the rank of senior chief, done 29 years. You're, you're nearing the half a century mark, 50 years old, and you're a proud man, I'm assuming. Uh, for those that don't know the rank of the Navy, you have an anchor and you have a star above it. There's only one more person that's more important than you. They have two stars. You're a big deal. And you go into these interviews and you're getting told no. For the first time really in your life, or at least for a long time. Well, you've been married, so you've been told to know a lot. But outside of marriage, <laughs> uh, what 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 is it like to be told no? Well, we're not interested in what you have. Uh, it's not what I thought it was going to be. I I, 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 I got. I, of course, you serve that long, you're going to see people coming and going. Um, you know, not just transferring, but they're getting out. I mean, I, at that point, most of my friends, a lot of my friends were retiring already, have already retired. You know, they've all got good jobs. And it was just like, well, is it just me? I mean, what is, what is going on? I mean, is it, is it the, the, the place I moved to? Are they that, uh, you know, of course, environment is everything. In New Hampshire, there's not a whole lot of military here. So San Diego, you go to San Diego, it's a military town. It's a Navy town. You know, so everybody knows what you bring to the table as, as, a, as a military member. Uh, and I don't think that you get that here in New Hampshire so much 
except with veterans themselves. Uh, they know what you, but if you're not talking in an interview with a veteran, it's hard for them to understand um, what a veteran, another veteran brings to the table. And uh, it, it's tough. I, I had actually interviewed at, uh, at HUD to be um, a, a HUD counselor. And I thought the interview went amazing and, and the smiles were there. And it was a very, very solid interview. It's probably one of my most solid interviews that I'd had. And I, I got told that, you know, sorry, we, we, we went with an inside hire. And I was just like, well, if you were going to hire from the inside, why did you put it out for the public uh, to come in if you're only going to hire from within anyway? So I don't know, just the whole process just seemed unfair and it seemed hard and of course a whole lot of respect for for the civilian counterparts have been doing it all those years uh while i just got told okay you're done with this tour you're going to move on to another tour uh it was basically handed to me for for 30 years uh it was scary it was it was really unnerving i was i was like i said i was just concerned that i was wasn't gonna be able to take care of my family for the first time um in all those years and uh and, and i feel blessed and i feel lucky that i that I you know, have you know, somebody like my wife who was looking out for me and thought, saw this job and pushed me into it. And, and uh, it's, it's phenomenal. The things that I get to do every day, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. Bill, for, for our brothers and sisters that have exited and, and haven't fared nearly as well, that, that moment in between where, you know, you interviewed and they're like, wow, you're the perfect hire. Like, this seems like it's a perfect fit. And then they go, we've taken somebody from the inside. And you have to go like, wow. Well, I haven't had the opportunity to build a relationship for the last 29 years because I've been at sea or serving our nation. Uh, it, it, it is it is rejection. It is uh, It is saying like, you, you're you're more qualified than the person we selected plausibly um but because of relationships we've chosen them it's hard it, it, it's challenging and um did you did you face as as a husband as a father uh you know any emotion that you can remember in those in those nights not necessarily in the season but like when they're like we've gone somewhere else well what was that like for you as a retired senior chief, as a 29-year-old veteran, 29-year veteran of our United States Navy? What was the emotion? It was, it was deflating. It was, uh, you know, you leave the interview, you're like, okay, I think I nailed that one. You know, uh, they saw the skills. <laughs> they got the resume. They see the skills. So they, they're going to. They're gonna they're gonna give me a call. They're gonna offer me the job, and then you didn't get. I didn't get the job, and then it would be another one. I didn't get the job. I, I applied for a job at this one place five different times for five different jobs within the um, within the organization. And heck, even even some of the we don't have very many contracting positions here in in New Hampshire, but even one that's in New Hampshire where they having a top secret SEI clearance should be beneficial. I couldn't even get past their computer, uh, their computer uh, resume scan or whatever it was 
I would I would apply for a job and almost instantaneously get it back. Thank you very much. You're not the guy we're looking for. Um, and 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 I had some connections and I talked to some people and had some uh, some pretty high level uh, people in New Hampshire look at my my resume and they thought it looked uh, phenomenal, but they didn't know why I wasn't getting the call. So it was it was very discouraged. It was very frustrating. It was a very tough time to be in my household. Uh, uh, at that point, and I, I kept thinking to myself, uh, could I have done things differently that would have kept me in the Navy for a little while longer? Uh, maybe should, maybe I should have uh, extended for that last year. Um, I don't know. It, it did give me a lot of time to pause and, and look and, um, and just a lot of concerns. So. I appreciate you really sharing the depths of kind of that, that humiliation, because I think a lot of our brothers and sisters go through that. Um, and what would be your words of wisdom to them that are applying? They, they just got out last year or they got out this year and uh, they've sent out a hundred, 150 resumes and they're getting those automated responses like, Hey, thanks very much for your interest. But uh, we chose Bob who, uh, you know, has two years at our company. And while you have 20 years, 15 years, 10 years, two years uh, serving our country, um, we appreciate your service, but we're, we're not interested. What would be your words of wisdom to those folks, especially as a VSO? Um, I, I, you got to stick to it. You just got to stay with it. Um, you know, things happen for reasons and, and interesting you never know when things are going to turn your way and, and change. Um, it's just, it's tough. It really is. It, it, it can be depleting. Um, you're going to come from a world that you knew everything, uh, you know, you stay, you spend a, a long enough time in the military, you know, um, the environment, you know, what's expected of you today, you know, what's going to be expected of you tomorrow. Uh, you know how to be successful. And then you step away from that and it is completely, uh, it is completely different. It's, it's, it's unlike anything that you, you've ever had to do, uh, but you just got to stick with it. Uh, hopefully you have a good support network uh, that's going to be there for you. That's going to help you through that. And, and again, help you see that potential that, you know, you may not see in yourself. Uh, I, I just had this conversation with a good friend of mine who recently retired from Hawaii uh, and moved to Texas. And he's, he's reaching out to me saying, Hey, you know, I, I'm looking at LinkedIn and it looks like you're doing so good, Bill. Huh? You know, you're always, you always seem like you're, you're charmed and, uh, no, no, no. I said it, it. It it didn't happen for me overnight. It wasn't like I walked out of the Navy and within the the seconds that I I was on the ground here in New Hampshire, I had a job as a director for the Division of Veteran Services. It, it didn't happen that way. It, it there was a struggle. There were some some hurdles that I had to to do. You just got to stick to it. And um, you know, you you may have to take some things that you don't necessarily want to do. Um, to 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 put food on the table and to take care of your family. Uh, but if you're diligent and you, you, you utilize some of the same, some of the same skill sets you developed when you were in the service, that dedication, that fortitude, that, you know, that courage, that commitment that you have, uh, you know, every service has their own core values. You take some of those core values out uh, and you carry those core values into what you're doing I'm I'm pretty sure that eventually uh, it'll happen, and and you're gonna you're gonna find the things that you're looking for. It's again, it's you just gotta be patient with the process. It's it's gonna be vastly different than anything you've ever done. 
That's good. That's good. Uh, what has it been like, you know, post uh, post retirement, post being uh, the certificates, the president's uh, letter saying, "Hey, thank you for your service." What's it like in, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. It's what I think every person at some point in their career looks to, saying, "Wow, I can't wait until I'm on the other side of twenty years and I, I throw in the towel and." You know, I, I get to hang out and, and be retired. You know, for you, senior chief, for the Marines, you know, master gunnery sergeant, and for the Army, you know, sergeant major or sergeant first class. Like, what is it like uh, to be to be finished? To to be like, hey, well done. It's humbling. <laughs> it uh, yeah. So the Navy is what defined me. For 30 years, I was senior chief Gaudreau. Uh, all of my sailors knew me as senior chief. You know, they called me senior. Occasionally, I'll, I'll go into Portsmouth uh, to do the TAPS briefing up there, even as a director. I'll, I'll go up and do that. I, in fact, I did it today, and I handed my ID card, my retired ID card, and he said, "Welcome on board, senior." And it was kind of, it was kind of warm. It kind of brought me back. Um, but those days are done. Those days are they're they're over. Um, uh, revel in them, enjoy them, look back on them fondly, but you got to move on. I mean, you're not that person anymore. I'm not that person anymore. Um, it, it's, it's hard because again, it's what defined me. You know, my, my, I'm sure my mom and dad were talking about me when I was in the Navy and how proud they were that I was serving and my brothers and my sister doing the same thing. You know, my brother's in the Navy and my brother's in the Navy. I'm sure that it, that wasn't just a part of who I was. It was a part of who they were. And and now I'm not that person anymore, and I, I had to rediscover who I was, and 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 try to make them in my mind proud in another way. And I, like I said, I, I got fortunate enough uh, to get this job, and and I, and I I like to think that I'm making my my family proud uh, for helping veterans and and working in an agency that helps veterans. Um, and like I said, you know, it's it's I'm I'm blessed every day I get to get up and go to work and be the director for the division of veteran services. And I'm really, I'm really happy that that's, that's where I'm at. Well, I'm sure that anybody that served with you is still proud of you. I'm sure your mom and dad are. And, uh, as, as somebody that gets to continue to serve your brothers and sisters, uh, and arms and those that have served, I can say, uh, I really appreciate that you're, you're continuing that service. So, uh, my, my last question this this evening is, what is it like to continue to serve post-retirement, to still have the ability to influence active duty and those transitioning? Uh, you said you were up in Portsmouth, New Hampshire for uh, TAPS or TGPS. Uh, that brief is uh, mandated for everybody that's transitioning out from the service into the civilian world you get to put your thumbprint again as a senior chief, you get your put your thumbprint on everybody that comes through your ranks. But this is everybody that's coming through uh, where we're a local duty station for you and regionally, anybody that's getting out of the military, um, you get to influence them. What is it like? What does it mean to you? First of all, as somebody that is now a civilian while you're retired uh, to, to still be a part of that community and influence young service members that are from every branch. Um, like I said, that last 12 years I served in the Navy, I, I found a resurgence. And that resurgence was built on the foundation of two words, and that was being impactful and being relevant. 
Um, I didn't, I didn't serve as long as I served to have people immediately forget about me when I walked away. Otherwise, why do it? Um, you want to be impactful and you want to be relevant. Uh, as soon as you're no longer impactful or relevant, you might as well pack your bag and go home uh, because you're not doing anybody any good. So I thought I was done being impactful or relevant when I got out of the Navy and decided, no, it's not. I mean, I'm, why, why should that just be my legacy? Why can't my legacy be that I was also impactful and relevant as a civilian? So, and that's what I get to be in this job. It's, it's, uh, it, again, we've talked about it. The, the, the VA system is, is not easy to get through. Uh, it's complex. A lot of people are confused. The rules and, uh, and what take, what it takes to, to, to get a claim in the system. And it, it's, it's hard. Um, and, and they need, people need help. Um, and I've, I've met with a lot of really, really smart people that need help. People that were officers that need help with this process. And we get to do that. I, I get to sit across the table from a, a surviving spouse whose husband died 30 years ago. And I get to tell her that there's something in the system for her. Uh, I also get to tell her it's been available for her for 30 years. And it's unfortunate that she didn't know about it because the VA doesn't retro that. So that's kind of tough. But I got to be a, a, a I got to change her life. And, and that's kind of cool. When you get to have a positive impact on people's lives, uh, that's that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool legacy to have. Uh, and as long as I get to keep doing that, uh, I'm going to keep doing this job. Um, and as soon as I feel like I'm no longer impactful or relevant, it will be the time to let the governor know that he needs a new director. So, uh, but I love, I love what I do today. And I love, I'm excited about going to work tomorrow and, and helping veterans tomorrow. And, uh, it, it's, it is to me in an impactful and relevant position. Brother, thank you uh, for your time this evening. Thank you for what you do, did for our nation and the Navy and what you do today for the governor, for New Hampshire, and for the veterans of our great country. I appreciate you and I applaud you. Thank you. I do have one last plug before uh, we disconnect, and that is uh, to all those who are who have gotten out of the service recently or have gotten out of the service 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Uh, if you're looking at trying to submit a claim, you know, it's not going to be a shameless plug for my agency. It's going to be it's going to be a plug for advocacy. Get an advocate. Uh, there are a lot of agencies out there that advocate for veterans. There's American Legion, the DAV, the VFW, um, my office. Uh, we're the state office. Those other three are they're the national uh, office. I don't care who you see. Get an advocate. Get somebody who can help you with this process that's challenging, um, and 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 let us help you understand. Uh, even even if even the the good thing about an advocate is even if your claim isn't successful, uh, we just don't say okay, well have a nice day. We'll talk to you about why it wasn't successful and maybe. Uh, help you through the appeals process, which also can be very hard to deal with. So we'll, we'll do that as well. So again, get an advocate, get somebody to help you through this. Uh, don't do it on your own by using e-benefits and things of that nature. Uh, and, and certainly don't pay for this. Uh, there's organizations out there that will do what we do and they'll charge you for it. Uh, it's a free service that every veteran has earned and you get. Alyssa, what do you got to close us out with? Yeah, um, I just want to say as well, thank you for your service, Bill. Um, thank you for being a extension um, in part of the community that Homeland Heroes Foundation is a part of. Um, on that same note, Homeland Heroes Foundation is 
an organization in New Hampshire that is dedicated to the reacclimation support of active duty service members, veterans, and their families um, in that same vein of being an advocate and helping where we can and when we can. Um, if you're in New Hampshire and looking for help and if you are a veteran um, or you have a spouse that's a veteran or a family member and they are looking for extra help, please visit homelandheroesfoundation.org um, and reach out to us. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Um, but yes, thank you again for taking the time today to meet with us and share your story and continuing to advocate and help veterans um, from the bottom of my heart and from the bottom of the Homeland Harris Foundation's heart. Um, we thank you. Thank you. Um, so we we like to end the podcast with one question. You've kind of already given it away in the episode two, um, but I'm going to ask it again anyways. If you had to do it all over again, would you? Where do I sign up? Classic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, again, thank you so much today for taking the time to join us. Art, thank you for joining us. And thank you to the audience for joining us for the last part of Bill's story. This podcast is brought to you by the Homeland Heroes Foundation, an organization dedicated to the reacclimation support of active duty service members, veterans, and their families in their time of need. To learn more, visit homelandheroesfoundation.org. Thank you to our production team at DairyCam creating connection through story for a better world. Learn more by visiting dairycam.org. Thank you for listening and make sure you subscribe to the Homeland Harris Salute wherever you listen to podcasts.